Listeners, welcome back to Heart and Soul Gospel Ministries Unity in Christ program. If this is your first time listening, my name is Christine Kim, and I'm the host of this program. Recently, I came across a movie on YouTube. It was a documentary movie based on Pastor Son Yang Wan. And this documentary was composed of the testimonies of many people and old photos, which had my eyes filled with tears throughout the whole video. Pastor Son Yang Wan devoted his life to leprosy patients his whole life. He took care of those whom in which their own families abandoned. With everything he had to offer, he lived to serve these people. However, one day, in just a spur of a moment, he lost his beloved two sons. During the times of the Yosu and Sunchon revolt, Pastor Son's sons were killed at gunshot by their own friend, who was also a Yosu rebel and a communist member at the time. However, as we all know, Pastor Son forgives this man and takes him as his own son. And at the funeral of his two sons, he confesses nine things he was thankful for. I would like to share with you what he said during that time. I thank you for having allowed martyrs to be born in the family of sinners such as mine. Among my three sons and three daughters, I thank you for my blessings through which I could offer you my two most beautiful children, my oldest and second oldest sons. I thank you for having entrusted me out of countless believers with such precious treasures. I thank you for the martyrdom for two of my children when the martyrdom of one child in itself is much more precious than I could bear. I thank you for the martyrdom of my sons who were shot to death while they were preaching the gospel when dying peacefully on his deathbed itself is a tremendous blessing for a believer. I thank you for my heart is at peace as my sons who has been preparing to go and study in America are now in a place that is much better than America. God, I thank you for giving me a heart of love for repentance of the enemy who murdered my sons and compelling me to adopt him as my own. My Father God, I thank you for there will now be countless more sons of heaven through the fruit of the martyrdom of my sons. I thank and thank our Lord Jesus Christ who has given me these eight truths In times of such adversity, the joyful heart seeking faith and love and the faith that provides me with composure. How deep the Father's love for us How vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son and make a wretch his treasure how great the pain of searing loss 
The Father turns His face away As wounds which mar the Chosen One Bring many sons to glory Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice Call out among the scoffers It was my sin that held him there Until it was accomplished His dying breath has brought me life I know that it is Pastor Son Yang Wan's two sons were in their youth ages of their life. But all of a sudden, and at the same time, two of his sons died a miserable death. But how could Pastor Son think of nine thankful things about the situation? He didn't just pray this prayer of thankfulness in words, but he forgave the man who killed his two sons, and because that was not enough, he brought him out of jail and adopted him as his own. He later raises his new son to become a pastor. This is not a situation in which anyone can even fathom. It is completely incomprehensible. Looking at his list of thankfulness, anyone can feel that this wasn't just for show. You can feel that this feeling of thankfulness came from the bottom of his heart. Including myself, would we be able to do that if we were in the same situation? Looking at Pastor Son, I think about what true thankfulness really is. Here are the scriptures of Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 through 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. 
Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Carefully meditating on these scriptures of collisions, the conditions on which we are able to be thankful is when we have the peace of Christ within our hearts, when the word of Christ is abundantly dwelling within us, and when we do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. When all of this is kept, Scripture says we will be singing with thankfulness in our hearts to God. In front of the horrible death of his two sons, Pastor Son was able to be thankful for the overwhelming blessings that God poured onto him. What exactly was this overwhelming blessing that he speaks of? I would think that it is Jesus. Within the heart of Pastor Son, he had Jesus Christ and it was abundantly flowing with the peace that Christ allowed him. And because of this sole reason, with the strength given to him by Christ, he was able to be thankful even in the situation he was in. Whoever it may be, with our own thoughts and self-righteousness, we will not be able to be thankful when in the same situation. However, with the love of Christ dwelling within us, this is possible. I ask, is Christ's love dwelling within the hearts of our listeners?
Coming up next is a sermon by Pastor Francis Chan of Cornerstone Church. Today's topic is the resurrection. So what? Part two, based on the scriptures of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and Luke chapter 14. I hope you all have a blessed time with Pastor Francis. If you really want to know truth, just want to know the truth about God, even if it goes against everything I was raised with, even if I grew up in a Christian church and the truth were different from what I believe, I just want to know the truth about God. Or you want to just keep believing whatever you believe because you like it right now. I mean, what if it's not true? What if it's not true what, what is said at every funeral that ever happens? Oh, she, she's in a better place. What if that's not true? Do you want to know that? Or do you want to just stay in your own little world? Be happy. I mean, how badly do you want truth? Because there's people who say, well, I, I'd refuse to believe that God would ever send anyone to a place called hell. I refuse to believe in it. You refuse? But what if it's true? I still refuse to believe in it. You know why? Because most people's belief systems are based upon desire and not truth. Let me say that again. Most people's belief systems are based upon what they desire, not based upon what is true. In other words, we believe what we want to believe. Every once in a while, there'll be a person who pursues truth, absolute truth, and you can tell those people because they end up believing some things that they don't want to believe. One of my favorite lines from a movie of all time, Jack Nicholson. You guys already know where I'm, where I'm going. Few good men. You want the truth? You can't handle the truth. Wasn't that a great line when his face, you can still see his face. You can't handle it. You know, it was just, oh, yeah, you just got so pumped. You can't handle the truth. What a great statement, though. You really want the truth about God? Do you really? Do you really want it? Because Jesus said, John 8:32, you shall know the truth. Okay, not as good as the other one, but that, 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 that's all right, you know. Jack, Jesus, you know. You see, Jesus, Jesus said, now you'll know the truth and the truth will actually set you free, even though sometimes you don't, you, you kind of want the truth and you kind of don't, right? But Jesus says when you get it, when you accept it, that's what's going to set you free. I mean, let's just face it, most people lie to you all day long, right? And they tell you what you want to hear. But isn't it refreshing every once in a while when someone tells you truth? Even though it hurts, even though you don't like it, it's like, you know what, I appreciate that person being honest with me. You shall know the truth, the truth shall set you free. I used to think I could sing. Then I got married, and married Lisa, Miss Honesty, and she just flat out told me, no, no, you can't. And I go, but I've had people, I've had people tell me. They, they looked me in the face and said I have a great voice, singing voice. And uh, in fact, I had one lady refer to my voice as golden. Those were her exact words. Oh, the one when well, went in front. Francis, the one with that golden voice. And my wife just looks at me and goes, no. No. 
And I, I, I remember one time I came home from church, and I don't know if it was a funeral or whatever, I had to lead a song, and while I was singing it, and, and my microphone was actually on, I thought, pretty good. Like my pitch, you know, I was on pitch, you know. It's like, no, I hit every note. I came on and go, didn't you hear me? I hit every note. She goes, it's not just your pitch. Even when you hit the notes, Francis, you're still not pleasant to listen to. <laughs> okay, that hurt a little bit. But it was truth, you know. And I was like, okay, I accept it now. I'm not a singer. You know, and every once in a while, it's just good, you know. And, and we have those people in our lives that are willing to tell us truth. You don't like it at the moment, but you go, oh, okay, you know what? Thank you. You don't care. You don't care about what I think or whatever. You're not just worried about my feelings. You just laid out truth. And that's what I love about Jesus. Jesus goes, you know what? Some of you guys are going to hate me. Some of you are going to crucify me. But I'm going to tell you the truth. I can't help but tell you anything else because I'm the way. And I am the truth. And I am the life. I can't lie to you can't just tell you some things to make you feel better and tickle your ears so you go and you come back next week. I'm just going to lay it out. You see, because I, I was looking, okay, then, then later on, Jesus gets another shot, okay? The first crowd, they left and go, forget him, he's crazy, he talked about dirt. But later on in Luke, he gets another chance. It's like, hey, you guys, okay, Jesus messed up last year, but I brought him back this Easter, Okay? Okay, what are you going to say this time, Jesus? Okay, the crowds came back. In Luke chapter 14, it says, Large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And turning to them, here's what he says. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Wait, those are your, that's your opening statement? Don't you want to butter him up? I mean, it's Easter. Just say, Jesus wants to be your friend. That's how you start an Easter sermon. You don't look at a crowd and go, hey, do you hate your father? Mother? Wife? Kids? Don't bother. Just go home. You hate your own life? Don't bother. I'm going to walk out those doors and there's a bunch of crosses out there. I may ask you to carry one up a hill with me and then we're going to get crucified together. So want to follow me? I didn't think so. I'll see you. I'm done. See, I'd want to walk up here and go, okay, let me apologize for what my friend Jesus said. Okay? I mean, he, he didn't know. I mean, he says, you know, hate your own kids. I mean, he, has, he hasn't seen your kids. I mean, he's thinking about kids that aren't as cute as your kids. He didn't read your bumper sticker. He didn't know you had honor students, okay? I mean, your kids, okay? He's not talking about us in Simi Valley. I mean, this whole hate your own life thing, okay? I mean, some of you guys own your own businesses. You guys are important. I mean, so he wasn't talking about you, okay? He was probably talking about some people in a third world country, not Simi Valley people, okay? Okay, he didn't mean that. Guys, Jesus said what he said. Yeah, maybe he didn't know how important you were. Or maybe, maybe God really thinks he's that great. Let me tell you the truth about God. God thinks that he is so great. So great. He thinks that he is so great. That you should look at him and go, wait, I can be forgiven by you? I can talk to you, God? 
I, I, I can be loved, lo- loved by you. He thinks he's so great that we ought to take one glance at him and go, no way. Okay, anything, anything, anything. I just want you. I, I don't care. Family, whatever. I don't care. I just want you. Pain, I don't care. I, I, you. God literally thinks that he is that great that we ought to take one glance at him and go, anything. I just want you. Your son died for me on a cross. You love me like that. He paid for all of my crimes. And you, you seriously would put your spirit, the spirit of God inside of me, little peon me, dirt and nothing here on this planet, me. You would put your spirit in me. Where do I sign up? That's what God thinks about himself. That's why he says statements like this. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold everything he had and bought that field. Do you get that? The kingdom of heaven is like this treasure. God, I can have God. I can have heaven. I can have him. That you look at that treasure and you don't even think about anything else. Of course, everything. I got to have this field. Whatever I had in the past doesn't even matter. You can have it all. I gotta have, I can have this field. I can have this treasure. I can have God. The Bible says that's what the kingdom of heaven is. It's reserved for those who are just obsessed with this treasure. That's who the kingdom of heaven is for. It's for those who are so obsessed with this treasure, they say, you can have my family. You can have my job. You can have my life on that earth. You can have my success, my name. What is that? I just want this treasure. And it's not for those who would say, yeah, I'd like a little God in my life. It'd be good to put a little God in my kids, because then they'll have some morality. And, And let me balance God with my other relationships. Maybe I can fit him in with everything else. The Bible says, you know what? If that's what you're trying to do, this isn't for you. Kingdom of God isn't for you. The kingdom of heaven is for those who get it. Not try to fit. Jesus, don't throw me in with your other relationships. You're going to compare me, God, to mommy? you got to be kidding me. You're going to compare me, God, to, to little Johnny? Come on, who are we talking about here? He goes, look, if you don't hate your, your mother, father... Wife, kids, children compared to me. Forget it. Forget it. Pretty crazy. You know, I'm uh, I'm not going to apologize for Jesus' words this morning. And I know that some will walk away this morning and be so offended. And that's okay. Because I would much rather offend you. And this morning, i got to be honest with you, I am sorry. Sorry because I feel like a lot of times I stand up here and I belittle God. By begging you to follow him. By saying, oh, please, just just squeeze God in. Maybe two Sundays a year. Can you, can you let him in a little bit? Maybe value him a little bit more than your kids. Maybe maybe just, just squeeze him in. Come on, come on, love him more than your life. Please, 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 just a little bit more God. Come on, sing a little bit louder. Please try to come every weekend. Maybe even pray to him every day. 
And I beg and I beg and I beg. And you know what? I am so sorry for that because I feel like I've screwed up many times up here because I cheapen who God is by begging. Because there's a God in heaven that actually believes he's so great that you should be the one that's begging. He actually sees himself as so great that we should be on our faces going, please, please, let me have you. Let me have you. Please give me this treasure. Anything, anything. Please, God, I want you. That's how God feels. That you should be the one begging, not me. I'm not begging on behalf of God. I worship a great, amazing God whose love is so fascinating. His love is so beyond the love of your wife, your kids. Man, we're talking about God who loved you so much He gave His one and only Son on that cross. I'm talking about a treasure so great that if you dare put Him on par with your other relationships and you're wondering, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, you know what, forget it. Go home, because my God is an awesome God. And I love Him, and I'm crazy about Him, and I am sorry, God, if I ever belittled you. So I don't apologize for His words. I apologize for mine in the past. If I've ever made God sound like some guy up there, some scrawny little loser that's begging you to follow Him, because that's not the way Jesus taught. Mm -mm. He says, you want me? You come after me. You want me? Man, then you come after me and you find truth and you seek after truth. It's always been this way. God says, you'll seek me and you'll find me when you search with me with all your heart. Not when you casually seek after me. When you kind of go, well, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll take you. No, 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 you're not going to find me. You're going to find me when you seek after me with all your heart. Do you really want the truth? Do you really want this treasure? Do you really want this God? See, the truth is, is he is a free gift. Okay, It's not like you're working for him. It's just, he's a free gift. He goes, but I'm only going to give it to you if you don't go, okay, yeah, I'll take that gift. Throw it in the garage with all my other treasures. He goes, no, I'm only giving you this gift if you're willing to give everything up for it because I'm that valuable. And that's why when Peter preached in that early church, that first service, and the people heard the message, you go, what? Jesus? He was on that cross. He was suffering for me. He was paying the penalty for my sins. That was the Son of God. He paid for me. And then he died and he rose from the grave and conquered death so I don't have to fear death anymore. And the people said, where do I sign up? It's as they were cut to the heart and go, what do I need to do? And Peter goes, repent. That means turn from the way you've been living. That's right. That old life. Forget it. It's done. And then get baptized. He didn't say, no, no, come over here and let me sprinkle you. Let me, let me splash a little God on you. Now, he used the word baptize. The word baptize means literally immerse, to dip. That's what baptize means. Go and immerse yourself. Go down to that water. Go in there and say, you know what? I am dead to that old me. I'm coming up to a new life. I'm done with that. Go in that water and say, you know what? I believe Jesus died and he rose again. And it was crazy. That was literally crazy to do in that day and age because it was not popular to follow Jesus. And the moment a person publicly went in the water, they had people watching. They had people in the synagogues that said, okay, you know what? You're following that Jesus. You're no longer welcome. They had family members going, you're going to go after that Jesus? Get out of my face. They had people that said, hey, look, that guy just got baptized. Let's kill him. And these people go, go ahead. 
kill me, kick me out of the temple, kick me out of my house. I got this treasure, man. I got this treasure, and I'm not just gonna. I'm gonna immerse myself in this treasure. I don't care. Do you want the treasure that badly? How badly do you want God? Because He's only gonna come to those who really want Him. That's who Jesus wants following Him. So if this morning you go, well, I want God, but I'm not gonna get baptized, get my hair all wet. You know what? Don't, 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 don't. Don't. I wouldn't want you to do that. Well, I'm supposed to go to breakfast afterwards, and you know, my car's going to get all wet. You know what? Yeah, you, you better not. That's more important. Well, Francis, this is more serious than a little breakfast. I, I could get, uh, I, I, you know, you don't understand my family. They'd be so, if, you know what? No, you're, you're family. You're family. You guys, this is the way Jesus taught. Or maybe you're like me, and you go, you know what? You want me to jump in that thing? I'll cannonball into there. Whatever. Whatever. I just found a treasure that's so stinking amazing. Whatever. That's the God I worship. He thinks he's great, and I do too. My God, Jesus Christ, the greatest treasure ever. And maybe this morning you're going, you know what? I want that treasure. You can have it today. Regardless of what you've done, that's the crazy thing. See, it is a free gift. You don't have to get good enough. You don't have to work your way up to it. Jesus says, I'm available to you if you want it. Treasure, here it is. You want it? You ready to give everything up for it? Then you can have it. For it. 
hardly speak Peace so unexplainable I, I can hardly think as you call Listening to Unity in Christ, the English Hour in our broadcast program. Here at Heart and Soul Gospel Ministries, we strive to connect our listeners to engage with a community of believers as one body under Christ. Since 2000, we have dedicated our lives to make disciples of all nations through radio broadcasting. We are always encouraged to hear from you. So, if you have any comments or testimonies that you would like to share, Please feel free to email us at askhsgm@gmail.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Heart and Soul podcasts on iTunes for weekly sermons. To learn more, visit heartandsoul.org. There are people who gave up their lives in honor of Christ. Who gave us our everlasting life? Continued is a story of the many people who endured their life with faith, titled "The Voice of the Martyrs." Hello, listeners. This is Brian Winston with "The Voice of the Martyrs." Young children sometimes stress and fight over seemingly unimportant matters, ranging from small toys to a cardboard box or the last cookie in the cookie jar. One of the easiest ways to settle such a conflict is to show them something better than what they were fighting over. Once they see something better, they often lose their interest and let go of the thing that they were fighting over. Similarly, the reason Christians find the world not worthy is because we have our eyes fixed on something better—heaven.
For those who have their hopes in heaven, there is no need to fight for worldly gains because whatever belongs to the world is not eternal and will disappear. Only those who know the value of heaven can make such a judgment. Those who understand the value of heaven will shift their perspective from the world to heaven. People who did not hesitate to give up their lives for the name of Christ knew the value of heaven and had faith in heaven. The world is not worthy of those who have such faith. Today, we're going to share a story of John Hooper, who also had faith in heaven and was able to overcome the persecution of the world. Hooper was born in 1495 in Somerset, England. Around this time, many Christians had left the Roman Catholic Church and had converted to Protestantism following the Reformation of Martin Luther. In 1539, however, King Henry VIII of England passed the Statutes of Six Articles to gain better relations with the Catholic Church. The Statutes of Six Articles was an order to return from Protestantism back to the Roman Catholic Church. Those who denied or stood against the Six Articles were burned to death. Many left England in order to escape this persecution. John Hooper was one of those who left England to settle in Zurich, Switzerland. In 1547, the persecution of Protestants seized upon King Edward VI's enthronement, and John Hooper returned to England. Hearing John Hooper's series of Lenten sermons, Edward VI offered the Bosphoric of Gloucester to Hooper. Bishops were required to perform various rites and to wear the ironic vestments, a black sleeveless garment, and an angled headwear. Hooper denounced them as superstitious remnants of Catholic influence and refused to be consecrated according to its rites. This controversy brought Hooper various criticisms and accusations. After Edward VI deceased, Mary I of England ordered Hooper's arrest. Hooper's friends asked him to flee, but he responded, In the past I had run away and returned. This time I came here with a vision, and I will live among my sheep and die here. Like his word, Hooper was arrested in September 1553 and went through questioning and torture for two years. While Hooper was in jail, his friends visited to change Hooper's mind. Remember that life is sweet and death is bitter, Hooper replied. True it is that death is bitter and life is sweet, but alas, consider that my death to come is more bitter and the life to come is more sweet. My love for eternal life does neither fear death nor value life in this world. I will endure and overcome the fear and pain of execution with the power of the Holy Spirit. I will not deny the word of God. Pray for me, friend, that God will remember me and my soul. And with that, in February 1555, John Hooper's life ended as a martyr at an execution ground with his soul focused only in the hope of the eternal life to come.
John Hooper had faith in heaven and the eternal life that was to come. He did not have to beg for his life in this world because he knew what was more worthy. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us, says Romans 8.18. When persecution and confusion comes, do not focus on the persecution and confusion, but fix your eyes on heaven and the eternal life in front of the throne that is promised to you. Temporary life in this world is nothing compared to eternal glory. The world is not worthy of those who own eternal heaven. We will conclude this week's episode of The Voice of the Martyrs. Thank you for listening, and God bless.
Of our listeners living your life in thankfulness. For what types of situation are you thankful for? I ask. Perhaps are our listeners living in a state of complaint? It is given to us in the scriptures of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Scripture tells us that we must give thanks in everything. That we must not be thankful in situations we think we must be thankful in, but in everything. Within those words of in everything, there may be situations in which we do not understand, in which it is hard for us to be thankful for. But it tells us in the scriptures of 1 Thessalonians that this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. To be thankful in every situation and circumstance. This, in fact, means that when obeying to these words, it is evidence of us living out in faith of God, and that is why He has commanded us to live this out. Being thankful should not be conditional. Although we may face situations in which we cannot comprehend, sometimes in which we may be resentful, if we live in complete trust of the One who leads us, and if we remember all of what He has done for us, Then I truly believe that we are able and capable of being thankful in everything. I hope that we may all be able to confess that we lived within His overflowing grace and thankfulness the day we stand before Christ. We will now wrap up Unity in Christ. Thank you for listening, as it has been my pleasure. I hope to see you this time again next week, and God bless. Let no one caught in sin remain inside the lie of inward shame. We fix our eyes upon the cross and run to Him who showed great love and blood for us. Freely you bled. For us, Christ is risen from the dead, trampling over death by death. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. Christ is risen from the dead. We are one with Him again. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. Scoffer's crown, no burden, great can hold.
Christ is risen from the dead Trampling over the spiders Come awake, come awake Come and rise up from the grave Christ is risen from the dead We are one with him again Come awake, come awake Come and rise up from the grave Oh, death, where is your sting?